Welcome to Jesus Loves the World podcast. For more information and free resources, visit our website, jesuslovestheworld.info. Be blessed, empowered, and transformed in Jesus' name. When Jesus walked the earth as a man, he preached, taught, and demonstrated the kingdom of God. That is, God's right to rule and reign, and the realm or area where that right is recognized. God has the right to rule and reign over all things, for he created heaven and earth and all things good. Jesus told many stories contrasting the kingdom of God with the corrupted empires of humanity and evil. Today we will journey through one such story. It is the story of the shrewd steward or manager. But before we begin, we need to understand what has been going on prior to Jesus telling this story of the shrewd manager. We also need to discover who is Jesus talking to, and even more importantly, who is Jesus talking about? Prior to telling the story of the shrewd manager, the tax collectors and sinners had drawn near to Jesus to hear him. Also, there was the scribes and the Pharisees, but they complained about Jesus being with the sinners. Jesus speaks to the scribes and Pharisees and tells three stories about the love of God and his desire that no one should perish. In each of the three stories, Jesus reveals the rejoicing in heaven that takes place when one who was lost is found. That is, the person changes their thinking and heart towards God and chooses to receive him and his right to rule and reign. By receiving God, receiving Jesus, what once was destined for eternal darkness and death is now destined for eternal light and life. With these three stories, Jesus is talking to those who were lost, both the religious and the non-religious, who had never received God and his right to rule and reign. Jesus' disciples were also present, and today's text, Jesus turns to his disciples and begins to tell the story of the shrewd manager. Luke chapter 16, verses 1 to 16. He also said to his disciples, There was a certain rich man who had a steward, and an accusation was brought to him that this man was wasting his goods. So he called him and said to him, What is this I hear about you? Give an account of your stewardship for you can no longer be steward. Then the steward said within himself, What shall I do? For my master is taking the stewardship away from me. I cannot dig. I am ashamed to beg. I have resolved what to do, that when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So he called every one of his master's debtors to him and said to the first, how much do you owe my master? And he said, 
a hundred measures of oil. So he said to him, Take your bill and sit down quickly and write fifty. Then he said to another, And how much do you owe? So he said, A hundred measures of wheat. And he said to him, Take your bill and write eighty. So the master commended the unjust steward because he had dealt shrewdly. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. And I say to you, make friends for yourself by unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now the Pharisees who were lovers of money also heard all these things, and they derided him. And he said to them, You are those who justify yourselves before men, but God knows your hearts. For what is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. The law and the prophets were until John. Since that time, the kingdom of God has been preached, and everyone is pressing into it. Here Jesus is telling a story about an unjust steward or manager of a rich man's wealth. The story begins with an accusation against the manager, an accusation that was brought to the attention of the rich man. The accusation was that the manager has squandered or wasted the rich man's money. As the story unfolds, we come to discover that the accusation is true. The manager had wrongfully used the rich man's money for self-gain. The rich man approaches the manager with the accusation and demands that he gives an account. Given that his wrongdoing is about to cause him dismissal and shame, the manager reasons in his heart that he needs to do something to save his reputation and avoid being shamed. Therefore he goes to those who owe the rich man and gets them to falsify how much they owe. Those that owe the rich man agree to be part of the manager's cover-up scheme as they will be in less debt. They too have something for self-gain. The unjust manager thought that if he made them part of his unjust scheme, he could make them debtors and obligated to him. Thinking that if he was dismissed from his position as manager, he could blackmail the debtors of the rich man by threatening to expose their part in this wrongful doing. The debtors of the rich man would now be obliged to the manager. Not only did the manager wrongfully use the rich man's money, but he involved those who owed the rich man in more wrongful doing, 
to cover up his initial wrongs. So the unjust manager has not only squandered the rich man's money, but has implicated the debtors of the rich man as well. Now they are accomplices in all this wrongdoing. The unjust manager and debtors of the rich man did all this for self-gain. In this story, when the rich man was aware of what the unjust manager had done, he applauded him for his shrewdness. The master admired the manager's crafty, unjust methodology, which in the eyes of this unjust and corrupted world, his wrongful actions are considered wise. The unjust manager had gained favour and honour within the community for the rich man. In the eyes of the community, the rich man will be considered charitable by reducing the debt that was owed to him. The unjust manager saved the shame towards himself and the rich man by covering up his wrongful actions with more wrongful actions. This would have been admired by the rich man and the unjust culture of this world. Sadly, both the manager and the rich man refused to take responsibility for their wrongs. Saving face in the community and being lovers of money was more important to them than honest practices and God. In summing up this story, Jesus said to the religious that they were the lovers of money and considered their reputation in the community above what is right. This story of the unjust steward, who through the corrupted eyes of this world is wise, actually is the fool of the story. He's justified himself before the rich man and the rich man's debtors. He has been commended and honoured by the rich man for his shrewdness, with no concern of the injustices and wrongs of his actions. The rich man and his manager, and those who are in debt to the rich man, are servants to gaining not only the temporal wealth of this world, but also the honour and respect of others. They are in bondage to both things, all of which will fail them and have no eternal value. Jesus reveals to the religious, in this instance the Pharisees, that he knows their heart, and they are in fact the unjust manager in the story. The Pharisees are an ancient Jewish group that had an integral role in stewarding or managing the Old Testament with its oral and written traditions. As they became lovers of the wealth and reputation of this world above God, they became prideful and trapped in their selfish desires. Unlike the disciples of Jesus, they refused to change their thinking and give their allegiance to God and receive Jesus as their Saviour and King. In verse 15, Jesus said to them, You are those who justify yourselves before men, but God knows your hearts. For what is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. In telling this story, 
Jesus reveals the contrast between the kingdom of God and the empires of humanity and evil. The empires of humanity and evil are for self-glorification and self-gratification, all of which are destructive and abusive. It has its roots in evil and is an abomination in the sight of God. The word that has been translated as abomination in usage throughout the New Testament is always in the context of the worship of anyone or anything other than God. In the Gospel according to Matthew and Mark, Jesus mentions this word that has been translated as abomination in the context of the altar of worship for the Antichrist. In the book of the Revelation of Jesus, the word abomination is used in context of blasphemy, which is evil speech against God. Both are against God and are connected with who we choose to align ourselves with, who we choose to worship, who we choose to serve. Refusing to receive God and his right to rule and reign is effectively declaring war on God and aligning oneself with evil. Everything of this world and self are temporary. They have no eternal value and can never be satisfied and always fail. Jesus reveals this to his disciples and in doing so reveals God's eternal kingdom. As God's kingdom is an everlasting kingdom of light and true riches. Riches that are eternal and only accessible by receiving God in Jesus. Jesus entrusted to the apostles his truth. They were eyewitnesses to the time in human history when Jesus lived, died, rose and ascended back into heaven. What is this I hear about you? Give an account of your stewardship. The only other time the word that has been translated as stewardship is used in the New Testament is by the Apostle Paul in his letters to fellow disciples of Jesus. Each time was in reference to the Gospel of Jesus Christ. What is amazing is that the Apostle Paul had lived as a Pharisee until he encountered the resurrected Jesus. Paul, unlike certain Pharisees who were the first hearers of the story of the shrewd manager, received Jesus as his Lord and Saviour. In his letter to the Church of God in Corinth, Paul talks about the gospel of Jesus Christ that God entrusted with him. Paul stated that he doesn't carry out the task of sharing the gospel for any self-gain. For it is God who has entrusted him with the task, and Paul is compelled by the love of God for him and in him to share it with the world. It is through God's love in Paul that he is compelled to share with the world the truth about God. And having received the truth, Paul considers it an honour and a privilege to share the truth. Paul presented the truth freely to the people, without charge. He did this to ensure there was no abuse of his authority. 
that the people were not obligated to Paul, so they had a free choice to receive the truth and give their allegiance to God, or reject the truth and give their allegiance to evil. Paul made tents to support himself financially, so that he would not be obligated to anyone. He stated that he considered the temporal things of this world as rubbish. Paul considered that knowing and experiencing God and having relationship with him and his Lord Jesus Christ surpasses everything, everything in this life and the next. In Paul's letter titled Ephesians, he again refers to being the custodian or steward or manager of God's eternal plan in Christ Jesus. Paul talks about the stewardship or ministry of the grace of God that has been given in the gift of Christ Jesus, all of which is the perfect eternal plan of God. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 9 to 10, Paul declared, Having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, in him. The word that has been translated here as dispensation is the same word that has been translated in Jesus' story as stewardship. God gives his eternal kingdom to us. He gives his truth to us. And he empowers us to be stewards of his truth, to share with others the perfect plan and the heart of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So by telling the story of the unjust steward, Jesus contrasts the ways of this world and self with the ways of God and his kingdom. They are complete opposites. Yet the amazing thing about God is that he came down into this world damaged by evil, that is self-orientated, and reveals the truth and invites humanity into his kingdom. He says, Come, follow me to God the Father in heaven, into that secret place of fellowship with God and Lord Jesus Christ. He says, come to me and be free from the bondage of self-glorification and self-gratification. Be free to choose to worship the one true God and Jesus Christ whom he sent. For us today, as we have already received the truth, together, as stewards of his truth, we speak to the nations, be free. In Jesus' name, be free. For more information and free resources, visit our website, jesuslovestheworld.info. Be blessed, empowered, and transformed. In Jesus' name.